Coming up next, the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Mixing things up this week on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, CJ and I will be doing our separate takes from different locations. Coming up next, we have a great show in store. Stay tuned. Indeed, I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. All right, another edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Indeed, this is my great podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kirby. As always, the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast is part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, brought to you by Rat 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores, Martins, Food Lion, and Giant. And thank you to JR Beats Official and Dave Johnson, as always. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently this week. Um, CJ and I will be doing our own separate takes from different locations. So I'll start off with talking about the playoff scene from this past week and then send it over to CJ to give his take on this past week in sports. Then I will be finishing things off. So the Golden State Warriors, let's start with them. Um, yeah, squeaking out a win 109 to 104 against the Toronto Raptors on Sunday. And um Toronto, they're looking pretty good. And with the amount of injuries um piling up for Golden State, it's gonna be interesting to see if Toronto can give Golden State a run for their money going back to Golden State for the next two games. The series is currently tied one one in the series in Steve Kerr just announced that Kevin Durant will not be playing in the game um, on Thursday, I believe. Let me just double-check to make sure. Wednesday, excuse me, tomorrow. So um, they're in Golden State now, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see how Golden State can match up with Toronto with all these injuries piling up for them. And... Toronto, their fanboy Drake just keeps wanting to um, harass the Golden State Warriors during the playoffs. So um, a lot of trash talk going on there. Toronto, as you know, their first time ever in the NBA Finals. So it's going to be interesting. Next game, Wednesday, June 5th, 9 o'clock start. Moving over to the Stanley Cup Finals, the St. Louis Blues... Beat the Boston Bruins on Monday, 4-2. It was a very, very interesting game. I thought Boston would have beat them again, but St. Louis turned up the heat and tied the series two apiece before going back to Boston on, what's the day, Thursday at 8 o'clock. So um, just a quick scoreline rundown for you on these games. Um... Boston, I believe, 
Let me just make sure here. Yes. No, say, excuse me. St. Louis started off the scoring streak in the first period, 43 seconds into the game with a Ryan O'Reilly goal. Then Charlie Coyle ties the game up one-to-one. Then to end the first period, 15-30, St. Louis comes up. 2-1. Then in the second period, the lone Boston goal by Brandon Carlo to tie things up at two apiece. Then the third period, St. Louis, Ryan O'Reilly again with a 3-2 goal lead. And then Braden Shen, an empty net shot, 18-31 to give the Blues the win. So I thought, in my opinion, I thought Boston would be better Um tied up 2-2 in this series, but St. Louis is showing a lot of heart out there, and it's going to be crucial for Boston to win this next game in at home, or it's going to be really tough, in my opinion, to see them win the Stanley Cup if they're going down 3-2, and game six would be in St. Louis if Boston were to lose. Yeah, either way, it would be Game six in St. Louis. So if Boston loses home f- home ice advantage for St. Louis in a series clincher, that's going to be really tough. So um, those are my thoughts on the playoffs this week so far. We'll send it over to CJ Mintier for his take on the podcast, and I will be back to wrap things up. Stay tuned. That's right, people. It is time for another episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. We will be doing separate takes today. But, of course, my name is CJ Mintier, and I want to welcome you to this brand new episode here for us. And we're going to go ahead and get started. I have some special takes that I, of course, want to do. Josh is going to have his own takes. But I want to go ahead and dive into some breaking news that has actually happened in the world of sports today as I am recording The NCAA is now officially moving the three-point line back for next season. And this is not going to be going across all three divisions of basketball. This is only going to be going across Division I, and then next year it will be going across Division II and III. But this is a big step because it is now going to be moved back to the international distance of 22 feet, one and three quarter inches, which is different from the normal, excuse me, 20 feet, nine inches. And this was actually the new setting from 2009, but now they're moving it back even further. So this is going to be huge for college basketball. Not only are we going to be able to see a different type of skill set, hopefully maybe even some more I hope some more swishes, honestly, because the three-point line moving back is going to be very cool. Uh, It's going to be interesting, especially for the freshman class now coming in, especially looking at they're so used to having to deal with a normal three-point range. But this is going to be different for freshmen, of course, coming in for the upcoming school year. But that is just a little something that is going to be taken into consideration for next year, that... The three-point line has now officially been moving back. Now, continuing on into basketball, it's playoff time, of course. And the Raptors and Warriors are going to play in Game 3 here coming up tonight at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, of course, where we live. But the Golden State Warriors, I'm very upset. I really am because I was was not expecting the Raptors to take one game from them 
already. I was expecting it to be in the later half, but you just can't count the Warriors out, though. When the Raptors looked so dominant in the first game, they really did. People may not believe it from the score, but the Raptors had the Warriors on the ropes, and they made them look off topic. Like, they really looked off the rails after the first game. Now, of course, the Warriors, you can never count them out. Uh, They're back now for game two, of course, and they took the victory last game in in Toronto, which now the series has got to go back to Golden State. You have an advantage now for Golden State to take it home in the Bay Area, take a three to one lead in the series. It's not going to be over, unlike it was last year against Cleveland. Too soon? Because it was a sweep last year, but it's okay. I believe that Toronto can make this an interesting series. And that goes against my point by saying that I believe that the Raptors didn't have a chance. Because the Raptors had a chance in Game 2 to finish them off, and they didn't. Because you can't just finish off the Warriors. Plus, Kevin Durant is not going to be in Game 3 for the Golden State Warriors. So that is another plus sign for the Toronto Raptors. Kevin Durant has been missing a lot of games now, of course, and it's very it's very disheartening to see that because he is one of the best players in all of basketball, one of the best players in the world, and to see him arguably not have a chance to win his third title in a row, it's it's not the best look for a person who's going to go into free agency next year. Of course, he's going to get a good deal from a good team, but if he wants to have a three-peat, and get his rings, because I really feel like that's what Kevin Durant is doing right now, is if he gets the three rings that he's going to get right now, he probably could go play for one of the crappiest teams in the NBA, and which is why I'm hearing a lot of reports on the New York Knicks arguably being the front runner for him to come to New York, which would be a good fit for Durant because, well, the Knicks just need help in all areas. It's an, It's just a... It's just a mess up there in New York, and Kevin Durant could be a good player to have to at least install some sort of leadership for the Knicks, because even after this season, the Knicks trade away Porzingis through the middle of the year, and the Knicks just looked terrible. They did. Melo has been on his last breath for a while, and it isn't getting any better with no help coming for the Knicks, but that's my rant on Kevin Durant out the way, but Back to the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard is unreal. He really is. Uh, I did not see this coming from Kawhi Leonard, but I did watch Game 7 of, no, excuse me, Game 6 of the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Raptors, and Kawhi Leonard was absolutely phenomenal, and he was phenomenal in Game 1 and 2. And I think it's time that we start realizing that Kawhi Leonard is probably going to get one of the biggest deals in NBA history coming up this next year. He really is probably going to be getting one, and that's good for him because he deserves it. The guy is a natural talent who only comes around once in a lifetime, and I'm not saying that to make Skip Bayless mad because apparently he just does not like Kawhi Leonard for what he did to the Spurs, but... Business is business, apparently. So, congrats to the Raptors. They took a game into the NBA Finals. And they're going on to Game 3, which, once again, is tonight at 9 o'clock. And I'm hoping to see that the Raptors can at least steal one. Can at least get another one. Because that would make this a series. I promise you, if they could get another one, 
oh, that'll make it a series. And that is a series that I'm actually going to be invested in then. Because I normally don't watch basketball on the NBA level. And I'll be wanting to watch it then. But that's enough for basketball, of course. Because we all know that we're not the best basketball podcast. Uh, But we do have to dive into the playoffs, of course. And then, finally... For playoffs action, we have the Blues and Bruins, of course. The series is tied up 2-2 two to two after the Bruins took Game 3 in St. Louis. The Blues took Game 2, and now it's going... Uh, took Game 4, excuse me, and now it's going back to Boston. So we could potentially see a 7-game series here for the Bruins. And honestly, I still think that... I, I'm actually changing my mind that the Blues might win this. Because the Blues coming off of a loss, every single time it seems that the Blues lose a game, the Blues come back strong the the following game. Like, they look spectacular. Because you look at the game that they had 7-2, to they lost to Boston in St. Louis. They come back and they win 4-2. to Just... And taking a look at the first two games, the Bruins won four to two, and then they win three to two. Like they they come back every single time, and even when they're up against um, when their backs are up against the wall, they just find a way to dominate teams, and that's and that's good for a city like St. Louis, where this could be their first champion first championship for the St. Louis Blues. So that's good. So it's an interesting series going on here, and I hope that you NHL fans are really loving seeing what's going on in St. Louis because it is a good thing that is happening over there. And, of course, I want to talk about the Andy Ruiz fight. Uh, this was This was a fight that no one expected, of course. No, no, no one. If you're... Now, of course, it wasn't like Buster Douglas beating up Mike Tyson, but it was it was a fight that nobody could have nobody could have predicted. You're a fourteen to one point underdog, and you come in here basically thanks to an Instagram DM message due to the fight that was originally supposed to happen against Anthony Joshua not happening. And then it, and then this happened. Andy Ruiz comes in here, and he just looks—he looks like me, honestly. Like, I, I'm not trying to p- poke fun at him at all. But hey, us fluffy guys got to stick together, okay? That's okay. Us fluffy guys got to stick together. Now he looks more in shape than I do, of course, because I could not be in a boxing ring for that long and take out a monster that is. That that was his opponent. Like I could not do that. I could not take out Anthony Joshua, and especially like it was a technical knockout. But the thing is, is like as I said, this guy he looks like a butterball, just like I do. And I'm not gonna quote Josh, who said he was fat, because I'm not that disrespectful like that. Because guys like this who are in the rough and rowdy deserve to have a chance here. And clearly Andy Ruiz proved it. And clearly Anthony Joshua was very, he was very heartwarming to it. Because even in the Instagram post that he made after the match, he said, tonight is your night, champ. 
uh, to Andy Ruiz, which is very heartwarming. That's that's great sportsmanship, and I thank Anthony Joshua for saying that because it is truly something. And and Ruiz for a 29 year old just. He thoroughly dominated the much-hyped British champion, um, sent him to the canvas four times over the course of the fight, including twice in the seventh and final round. Well, like I said, this was this was a fight that you did not expect, but it was not of the magnitude. We have had some fights in boxing that have gone down as the greatest upsets in history. We have. None more other than the Buster Douglas Mike Tyson fight. None other than that. Because Buster Douglas was a 42 to 1 odd winner. And he ended up winning. That, 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 that has to be one of the greatest upsets of all time. So what I'm saying here is, is that Andy Ruiz, he shocked the world. And he should. And this moment will go down in history for a long time. And I hope that people realize that, hey, just because you got some weight on you doesn't mean that you can't take down the big man himself and doesn't mean that you can't take down everybody because it truly, it, it, it was amazing to see a guy that I look like take down a guy who looks like, no, no offense to Anthony Joshua, who looks like the prototypical boxer. It, it was nice to see a guy who... <laughs> um, Anthony Joshua, he was posting Instagram photos of a gold medal that he won. And Andy Ruiz, he was posting pictures of him after ta- after he took a dump. So it was, it, it, you have to look at like that years ago, Anthony Joshua winning a gold medal and Andy Ruiz is posting pictures after he just went to the bathroom. So like, there is a difference, but you have to see that this was a night that you're like, you gotta give it up for the man. He really did. He impressed everybody. And no matter what happens, he's going to be a champ. He will go down in the history books as a champion forever. And he's one of the most humble heavyweights. Um, I don't think that there has been a fighter in a in the past couple of years that has been more humble than this guy because, you know, he still respects all his opponents, but he's so humble about it. And it's great to see that Andy Ruiz will go down in the books forever. And I can't... And I can't be more happy for him. And and Andy Ruiz, thank you for all the big guys out there. Thank you for doing this. Because it was truly a pleasure seeing what you did. And Anthony Joshua, I wish you the best of luck in your future. And I hope that you come back strong because that's the type of guy I am. Moving right along. I guess I should talk about Josh's Washington Redskins, even though I don't want to because I'm the Washington Redskins just seem to have this issue all the time. So Trent Williams, the Washington Redskins left tackle has basically demanded a trade and he's not showing up to, um, OTAs right now. And he's demanding a trade basically. And honestly, I don't blame him. I I really don't like, I know Josh has, has, love for his Redskins and as he should it's his favorite team and I do welcome that he loves his his team his city but Trent Williams has got to leave 
Okay, I, I I'm serious. Trent Williams has got to leave. He has so much potential that Washington has not been able to give him his true potential. If he was on a Super Bowl winning team, he would be a top tackle in the league. But because he is on a team like Washington, he has not has had a chance to show how much he means to a team that has had. Not the best running backs in the past couple of years. Besides Adrian Peterson, two years ago when they had Kirk Cousins at the helm, the running back situation was not good for them. Matt Jones, of course, was going to be your starter, and then he basically got benched. And then you had to go through two backups that, once again, were not the best picks to have as your starting tandem for running backs. And then, of course, this year you had Adrian Peterson, and Adrian Peterson was a baller. He was when he was in the game. You also have Chris Thompson. And don't get me wrong, that's great. Uh, but I just feel that if like Trent Williams was blocking for a more productive running back who was a three-down running back who was out there all the time, people will realize that Trent Williams is a good offensive lineman. He really is. But I don't think people are seeing that because he's on a team like Washington. Because also, he is in a division in the NFC East that has two other left tackles that are... In the top five in the NFL, you have Jason Peters of the Philadelphia Eagles, who this will be his last year, of course, but he is a top five left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he is for, and then of course you have Tyron Smith, who is a left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. And he is, in my mind, the best left tackle in in football. The best left tackle. So... I do have to say that, like, Trent Williams, even though he has issues with smoking pot, it is it is a fact that he's had issues with smoking pot in the past, having getting into fights on camera. I hear that, like, he's one of the best best left tackles in the business. And a lot of teams would want him. And I'm not surprised he's demanded a trade. And he doesn't want to be there on this team. Because even the because it is just OTAs, they're voluntary. You don't have to be there. They're not mandatory, but it still wants. But it still makes you show that you want to be a part of the team. It makes you show that, like, yeah, I want to be here. I want to learn the plays. I want to get better. But I just don't see that from Trump Williams because it seems like he doesn't want to be there anymore. It seems like he wants to go win a Super Bowl. It's one of the things that happens to a lot of these players out here that like, yeah, you can play the rest of your career out in this place, but I see Trent Williams as a guy who wants to go win a championship, and I admire that about him. When I see somebody like that, I do admire that. It's just like Kevin Durant. People want to give him crap, but guess what? The Warriors offered him a deal, and he couldn't refuse it because he knew he was going to win a championship, but that for another time. The Washington Redskins are just a are just a chaotic organization and an organization that is showing catastrophe like symptoms. It really is with a lot of these players and especially with the owner Dan Snyder who is not the best owner. It just seems like they're not even willing to put it on the put it on the table, put the money on the table or offer him a chance to get more players to have a chance to go win a championship because I don't see that with them. Another player out there that has been in the news recently is Duke Johnson of the Cleveland Browns. And he has 
basically demanded a trade, but he still shows up every single day to work. And but he doesn't want to be a part of the Browns because I do I do understand where he's coming from because the Browns have taken a big hit when it comes to um, running backs, especially because they have Nick Chubb, of course, and now they have Kareem Hunt now, and Duke Johnson just doesn't see a point to go there. And I understand he wants to play too; he wants to play. And but Freddie Kitchens, I, you know, I understand his enthusiasm about saying like um, that he wants to win the lottery and everything. But guess what, Coach? You don't make the final decision on if he gets traded or not, unfortunately. So. I'm glad that at least you have a joke about it when you say it to the media, but you won't get the final decision on if he leaves or not. That technically goes up to the general manager and to the owner. So that's the, that's the problem with what you're saying is that I do see Duke Johnson is going to get traded, especially if he goes to the general manager. But Duke Johnson, it's it's a shame that he wants to leave because he is a versatile running back, but that is going to be something that other teams are going to look for as a versatile running back. So Duke Johnson is might be on the trading block here very shortly. So that is your NFL action. It's more of the Washington Redskins action. But finally... We have one, I have one more topic that I do want to introduce before my take is done. Short take, but there it is the summer, so uh, there isn't much going on. But Cristiano Ronaldo is back in the news. Um, apparently that he has a rape lawsuit that is officially going to be moving to federal court. And it says that uh, charges filed by Catherine... Uh, Mayorga, who alleges that Ronaldo, R- Ronaldo raped her in 2009, have been quietly dropped, implying that the case was over. But apparently, uh, it's a change of venue, and that now the charges have not been dropped, and the state case is, was dismissed. So now it's being brought to a federal court, and for a Oh my goodness, a world brand like Ronaldo, like this is not good if you're going to be put up on a pedestal. Ronaldo is a world-renowned athlete who has, he's given a lot to his community and he's also put himself on a pedestal right next to Lionel Messi, okay? And saying that, I don't see how Ronaldo is going to come out of this. I can't tell. You can never tell with rape cases because people lie. And since it's been 10 years since the charges were filed, I don't know what to think anymore. I really can't say much. But Ronaldo is back in the news, and this does not look good for him, honestly, though. Because now that the charges are being brought to a federal court, the lawyers are going to be a little bit different, and the case is going to be tougher, especially in front of a federal judge. So we'll have to see. But anyway, folks, that's going to do it for me. Once again, my name is CJ Mintier, and I hope you enjoy my take here on this week's podcast. And I'm going to send it on back to Josh. All righty, CJ, thank you for that wonderful take. I actually had no clue the three-point line for NCAA was moving back. So that is very, very interesting. And um, I think that's going to change the whole game, moving it back to the international line. Um a lot of different gameplay and like CJ said, changing the skill set there. So um what I wanna talk about um first 
on my take after the playoffs. Um, the NFL, uh, Roger Goodell put out in an in a report that four preseason games are not necessary. And there's a chance that the NFL season could get extended one more week. So there would be 18 weeks in a season with one bye week, if I still remember correctly. Um, I don't think anything's changed with that. But anyways, um, it's really interesting to hear Roger Goodell say four preseason games aren't necessary, you know, because for the new college kids coming in, getting drafted, free agent signings, it's, I think it would be really tough for them to fit in with a team in their scheme if they work on it during the preseason games. Two preseason games for a new college rookie, I don't think that's enough. And I, I feel like four games really prepares the teams. But, you know, the fourth game of the season in preseason really doesn't matter. They don't play a lot of their starters. But granted, those are the starters that you know are going to play on the team that have a roster spot. for. But for the kids who are unknown, I think I think it goes to show that Four games is a good tryout session to see if you're going to make the team or you're not. So, in my opinion, I still think four games are good. At the bare minimum, I would say reduce it to three games. But the 18 weeks in a, in an NFL season, if that were to happen... I, I think that would be very, very interesting for a lot of teams. It would greatly shift who makes it to the playoffs and who doesn't because with one more week added, that's one more week where anything can happen. And it's re- really going to be interesting. And if that ever goes into effect, I think that the NFL season and the playoffs, there, there would be a big shift and just who would make the playoffs. It would make things more interesting. So, in my opinion, I think 18 games, I wouldn't mind 18 games, you know, but the preseason games going down to two, uh, I mean, I mean, for the rookies, I wouldn't find it very good. But, I mean, it, you know, Roger Goodell has a method for his madness. You know, he's done a lot of questionable things. But it's going to be interesting to see. But um, 18 weeks in a season with one bye week, that would be pretty cool. One extra week that football fans have to watch their teams play. So, anyways, my next take, staying in the NFL, Trent Williams of the Washington Redskins wants a trade. He wants out of Washington due to their medical staff handling injuries. I I read the reports about it, and boy, are the Redskins off to a great start trying to please me because I am a fan. They're off to a great start trying to uh, impress me this season. And um, 
it's ridiculous. The Redskins' ownership management is ridiculous. And Trent Williams wanting to leave Washington, I really don't like the fact that he wants to. Because if Dwayne Haskins steps under center for Washington this season, he's going to need an experienced left tackle to block for him. And if Trent Williams isn't there, who do the Redskins have? Probably not as good as Trent Williams. Probably a guy not as good as Trent Williams. And that's going to be tough because... The O-line, that, that's just going to be one big blow if the Redskins trade Trent Williams. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how Washington handles this. I know it's going to be a roller coaster, but if Trent Williams leaves, it's going to be pressure on Dwayne Haskins. And the Redskins coaching staff is is going to have to find a way to step up and alleviate pressure off the quarterback like we've said in previous episodes during the NFL season. And it's crazy. I really do not like the Redskins' management. And, you know, you know Dan Snyder. He has money to throw on the table for Trent Williams. But, I mean, why does Trent Williams want a new contract? I guess he's not getting paid enough. But, you know, and... Another point is, I like what CJ was saying, Trent Williams is a pretty darn good left tackle, but he's not on a great team, you know? Maybe Trent wants to leave and play with a team that wants to make it to the Super Bowl or something. I'm not sure, and it's going to be it's gonna be crazy to l- listen to these reports coming out of Ashburn and Redskins Park to see how this unfolds. And, you know, the Redskins, though, being who they are, they'll probably trade him. And, you know, I've come to accept the fact that as a Redskins fan, I will probably be expecting a Trent Williams trade. I don't want for that to happen. I like Trent Williams, but, you know, Trent would would want to play for a Super Bowl winning team, a playoff caliber team. And the Redskins are not at that. So if that if that doesn't happen, then Trent Williams, I, I think the Redskins' ownership is going to have to throw a lot of money on the table by the way Trent Williams is acting. I think he just he is all about the money. And it's, I don't know. As a Redskins fan, I don't really know anymore. But... It's going to be interesting to see, and um, I will for sure keep you updated on that. And like CJ said, there are a lot of great left tackles in the NFC East. Like he said, Jason Peters of the Eagles and so on. But um, it's going to be tough. I I will be disappointed if the Redskins let Trent Williams go. But if they do, if they do decide to trade him, get something good for him. Get some good form, but the Redskins they they need to get their act together ownership wise. It's it's starting to get really ridiculous, and I I already know. Um, by the way, this season has panned out that the Redskins are not going to do well this year, even with Dwayne Haskins on our center, Darius Geis healthy, but they're still not going to do well this season. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this Trent Williams situation pans out, but hopefully it's for the better and not the worse. But who knows? Redskins fans were in for a bumpy ride this year. 
And CJ said earlier, moving on to my next topic, Andy Ruiz. Wow, what a fight that was. I watched the highlights of that. I'm not a big fight guy, but wow. That was a good, good fight. And CJ, he touched on most of the points I wanted to talk about, but what a what a good fight. He that that that's just good clean boxing. And I really did enjoy watching that. And I believe Ruiz was the underdog, if I'm correct. Once again, I'm not really a huge fight guy, but what a, what a show. What a showing that was. And um, to see something like that happen in boxing, I mean, it, you don't really see it much. You know, the, an underdog taking an upset. You know, like CJ said about Mike Tyson getting beat down. It wasn't anything like that, but it was a really good fight. So, um... That's about it. Um, and yes, actually, one more thing. The international three-point line, I didn't know about that, like I said earlier, but wow. The NCAA is moving that back. That's going to be a game-changer for everybody new coming in to play college basketball. It's going to be a huge game-changer from high school to college, changing the three-point line. Wow. I, I mean, I, I feel like it will change the skill set a lot. I agree with CJ on that one 100%. So that does it for my take on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Um, I know it was different. CJ and I will be back next week. Um, but until then, the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast is Part of the Mayo Police Podcast Network brought to you by Red 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores, Martin's Food Lion and Giant. Thank you to JRB's official, official Dave Johnson, as always. And make sure you find us social media-wise, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Make sure you search us, the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Till next week. We say so long and peace out. Catch you next time.